Well, hello, everybody. This is Opposing the Matrix. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today is the 29th. Yes, right. The 29th of June, 2020. It's a little late. We're starting at about 42 minutes after the hour. We usually start at 35. But hey, you know, it's us. That's just the way it is. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, we just want to welcome you and um, bring Jim in and just uh, hold on a second here. I got to click the right button. Don't want Jim to go away forever here. <laughs> okay. Hey, Jim, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Good, good. Uh, Eric will be joining us in a little while, folks. Uh, you know, he's a family guy. He's got kids, and one of the sons, I think, is a, a, a softball game tonight. And those are things you don't miss. You know, you, your family is your first ministry. If you haven't heard that from us before, you're hearing it now. Um, and you tend to your family first, because if you can't tend to your family, then you got no business tending to anything else. Um and families are, you know, a little difficult, but uh, relatively easy to tend to because, especially if you're the the husband, because, you know, you're the, the head, you know. And um, I know in today's world that sometimes doesn't figure in, but uh, scripturally that's what you are and that's what you're supposed to do. Um, so he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. And so uh, go, Eric, go strong, man. And uh, so tonight uh, we're going to talk about, oh my goodness, there's, there is so much coming down the pike all at once, you know, and it's, uh, it reminds me of that scripture, there's a scripture that says that men's hearts are going to fail them because they're seeing what's coming down the road. And that's, that's, that's a yeah, paraphrase, but, but a darn good one. And uh, so it, it's, and it also talks about uh, the nations being in perplexity. Uh, scripture does and and that's what is going on now everything is perplexed everything is um nobody understands what's going on you know you got the left telling you this this one thing the right's telling you the the opposite thing the bible's telling you maybe a third thing um and and you know if your pastor is bringing things up which most aren't because they're 501c3 pastors and they're afraid to but uh, they might even be telling you something else you know um i listened to a um uh, the other day there was a, a, a thing on um, one of the YouTube channels, and it was a, a pastor that uh, either me or my wife knew. I can't even remember right now, but and he was talking about submitting to authorities, you know, and that that's good, and that's that's scriptural. But and I, she asked me afterwards, "What do you think about that?" And I says, "Well, all I can say is if that happened, we wouldn't be sitting here in the United States, and we'd still have a king and queen." You know, there, there comes a time when you have to, you know, cut the bond, the bonds that tie, so to speak. And uh, especially when they're um, they're taking away your rights and taking away the things that are, are God given to you, you know. So that's a really sticky wicket to be in, you know, because you were uh, look at the uh, all the people that lived before uh, or at, during the early church. Let's just say the first two centuries of the church. You know, they had no no choice but to to obey the authorities. Um, most of them couldn't even get swords if they wanted to. And um, so obeying the authority was a thing to do. And, and plus, it helped the church to grow. And and it just showed the love that uh, it manifested the love that Jesus had, not only for believers, but for unbelievers. And a matter of fact, I think one of the uh, one of the scriptures says, as as done a script does a scripture in the or excuse me, not a scripture, but a, a writing in the early church fathers that the world saw the love that Christians had for one another and for their neighbors, and it caused them to turn around and want to know what we have. 
So, but anyway, in this, so in this modern world, when we're getting constantly bombarded and and uh, you know, you know, you know, it just really turned my stomach. And, and we're going to get rid of Dish Network. Barbara and I both agreed on this um, mutually. Um, there's actually a commercial now. There's there's a medication that you that uh, that people that practice unsafe sex and and are of certain of certain minority um, can take so that they don't get AIDS. And the commercial was an abomination. I mean, it was something straight from if they had commercials in Sodom and Gomorrah, it's, this would have been it. Um, it was uh, there was a drag queen on there saying that it was for kings and queens and all kinds of royalty. And, oh God! And then and then you know it had the two guys holding hands, uh, about five different sets of two guys holding hands, some women, some transgender people on there, and the whole nine yards and. And it's proliferating throughout all the channels. I can't get rid of it, and I can't look at it. So we're going to be getting rid of Dish Network and, and any kind of cable that we have and just go with things that we can select, things that we know that are safe, and things that we know where you won't have to watch these stupid uh, BS commercials in. Pardon my French. Um, I don't think that's French, is it? No. But uh, anyway. Uh-oh. Uh oh! <laughs> hey, that was the meter. Every me. every time I say BS, that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I I will be right back. Okay. Okay. So you want to mute your mic or something or? So anyway, um, so that's we're gonna kind of go there tonight because, and I know we've done other shows. You know, how do you handle all the things that are going on? How do you, um. How do you deal with it? But that, that those are times we'd have those shows. Those are times when there was maybe two or three things coming at us. But oh man, this last few weeks it's been like it's coming from all directions. You know, it's it's a barrage. It's like uh, I, I can only imagine it. It's like where the soldiers that are at the Battle of the Bulge, the 101st Airborne. You know, we're we're trapped and we're encircled by the enemy, and they're and they're firing from all positions. Uh, before before we knew who our enemies were, and our enemies were firing from one position, and we'd fire back. But but now they're firing from all positions at us, and and it's really hard to deal with. And it's uh, if you've been in that kind of battle situation, you realize that it causes a lot of mental strain. And 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 yes, some soldiers do come back, and they're and they're not very um, they're not very mentally fit because of things like that. And it's not their fault. And it's something that they can overcome. It's not like it's it's a an every an everyday thing. Um, I've I've seen people overcome PTSD very well, but um, but anyway. So my concern is that you, our brothers and sisters, uh, might be starting to get some PTSD um, in, in a spiritual sort of uh, way, or maybe even a physical way. Um, but, uh, yeah, we want to address that tonight and to talk about that, kind of talk it through, because maybe things that we talk about you guys can identify with and vice versa. And um, and we can maybe all figure out together how to deal with it. And, you know, we could sit here all day and, and, tell you, and give you scriptures and everything else. And, and those are good. And if we if we read the scriptures, then we count on the scriptures and believe the scriptures and the promises in the book. Um that's great, but uh, sometimes it helps to have somebody that's gone through these things or is going through it currently along with you uh, for you to realize that, hey, you know, we're all in this together and we all have to, <laughs> I almost made it sound like we're all in a new normal, and I don't want to use that term, but 
Um, no, that we're all in it together and we're all fighting it together and uh, that we do have a commander, commander in chief, not Trump. He's our physical commander in chief. We have a, a spiritual commander in chief and he's sitting in heaven and he's watching all this stuff and he does answer our prayers and he does care about the things that are going on in our lives, uh, either personally or in a corporate manner. So, Jim, why don't you just kind of lay out the framework, and we'll we'll start from there. And then when Eric comes, I'll just uh, well, he'll just join automatically. So, yeah, okay. Um, well, you know, I, I've said before that that um, our our balance, I guess our our ability to not be confused or be taken away, you know, with all the fast changing events. I mean, my gosh, if we haven't learned anything at all, we should have learned by now that one day everything seems to be in one situation. Then the very next day, everything's reversed. The news is reversing themselves. The experts are reversing themselves. Um, you just don't know coming or going. And so a lot of people have gotten um, totally shook up. So it goes back to several different things. First off, if you don't understand that there really is a global conspiracy by an elite, you are tone deaf to making any sense of any of this. I don't know how a person could stay glued without understanding that that reality is there. We have a very well-known local uh, broadcaster who used to deny and be so upset and probably still is. And I don't know how he can reconcile what's going on thinking this all just happened haphazardly. Uh, if you mention conspiracy, you're gone out of, out of his show. Um, it has gotten ridiculous to the point where I went to the same church he did. He didn't want anybody knowing you know, what church he went to because he's that high profile of a, a celebrity, you might say, as far as Christian apologetics. Everybody knows him very well in the city of Detroit. I am the only person on this planet, other than three or four people, that actually involve themselves with um, alien abduction and having the ability to terminate an abduction. I mean, that's something that all the secular experts say can't happen, doesn't happen, and yet it happens with us. Dave, you're one of them, and there's two other people that I have personally worked with and taught and trained how to do what I do, and we're the only ones on the whole darn planet. Sorry. There are, now, there are some in uh, satanic ritual abuse that do pretty much the same thing from a different approach, but it achieves the same ultimate goals. And they have succeeded in working with um, alien abduction, but not as a main theme like we focused on. So right. this guy knows. Now, he had a, an encounter. He's suffering post-traumatic syndrome. His brother is. He admits that he had this thing, and yet he won't come to me because I believe that all of this is part of a conspiracy. Now, Revelation's 17th chapter clearly says that there are, and this is in verse, uh, starting at verse 11, 12, and 13, there are 10 people who have no kingdom as of yet but have the power of kings and give their power unto the beast, for they all have one mind. That is a conspiracy. Now, it, it's biblical. It's there. There's no other way to interpret that. That's clearly telling you that there are 10 people. Now, in these latter days now, we find out that the United Nations is divided up the world into 10 
places, 10 sections. Yeah. Well, gee whiz, you know, uh, 10 people, 10. Uh, now, when it says that that there are 10 people that have received no kingdom as of yet, but will receive, but have the power of kings. Now, these are 10 elite globalists pushing for a one world government. And so when you look at the United Nations, what are they pushing for? A one world government. If you follow the money trail, you'll find out that the uh, all the money that financed the Nazi regime is now financing the United Nations. Why? Because that is the same spirit involved, the spirit of Antichrist. And so as we see things evolving here, we see that the United Nations is promoting a very spirit of Antichrist in all of their policies. Everything. It's all about a new world order, according to Agenda 21. And there again, some people, Agenda what? Huh? The Georgia guidance shows on the 33.3 degree. Huh? What's that mean? I mean, you're, you're lost. Man, you're lost and you're so confused, you don't see anything coming. If you don't understand that there is a global conspiracy, it's biblical, it's spirit, it's real, and it's done on all three levels. There's a physical manipulation, there's a emotional, mental manipulation, and a spiritual contending against the powers of darkness and the powers of light. So that part exists. The second part, and these are the promises of God, he says, I'm not going to allow anything to happen. This is Amos 3.7. I'm going to say it until everybody in our audience memorizes it, or they go look it up for themselves. They go, wow, okay, let's check out this. Amos 3.7 says that I will not allow anything to happen until I tell my secret to my prophets. Now, in the context of his secret is his plan. He has a plan. It's secret. But it's one that he is going to reveal to his prophets. So there we have another problem. Um, there's a large portion, a portion of, inter, uh, of evangelical denominations that say that, oh, there's no, that's in the office isn't here for today. That ended uh, when, the, when the, uh, uh, the apostles died. Uh, no, it didn't, because Paul is reminding everybody that, you know, in the 12th 12, chapter of uh, Corinthians, that he's given some apostles, some prophets, some, and he puts the fivefold word ministry in there, all the way on down to the other gifts. But so that gift ministry was still there when all the disciples and when Paul himself was there. It's never ended. It's still here. So but for those those that want to believe in a limited edition gospel, at one time, I didn't make a big issue out of it. But now what we're faced with, we're at the end of the end. Satan is throwing everything he has against God's people, against the world, but especially in, against God's people. We're to be expected to fight him with one hand tied behind our back. God is going to give us everything he has to counter all the, that he has. Because why? We're to be overcomers. You can't be an overcomer if Satan's throwing everything at you spiritually and everything else, and you don't believe that all the gifts are here for you. No, no, that's okay. I'll just take this. Um, you're going to get yourself killed and others killed. Now's the time. This is crunch time. It's like we can't put up with this silliness anymore. You people better step up and get aware of what your surroundings are and what the full gospel, the manifestation of the sons of God is all about. Because right now... You're in a, we're in a combat zone, and you're acting like an idiot, and you're going to get people killed and yourself killed. And so we got no time to waste now. You either step up and get, understand the situation and the times and the guarantees that you have or get out of the way before you get somebody hurt. And, you know, it's just it's come down to horrendous things of doctrines that we just got to somehow get all on the same page. And I'm, I'm not looking at my brothers and sisters as enemies, but be open 
to realize that there's a lot more that you're not aware of, that you have become the victims of twisting scripture out of context, that you always say everything's got to be uh, chapter, text, and verse. And I agree with that. But if it does, that's how come I've realized that all the gifts are still here. Because as you're telling me to do this as a former fundamentalist, I'm realizing, oh, wow, the gifts are still here. Well, that's good. That's kind of was hoping it was. Um, right. And it is. And so I've been basically a, um, a subdued, uh, yeah, I guess I, what you'd call a subdued uh, Pentecostal all my, all my, you know, 43 years as a Christian. So, mm-hmm. ooh, wait a minute, 46 years as a Christian. Yeah, 43 oh, years in ministry. Going up. <laughs> it does, man. I tell you, you know, I was I was telling one person, uh, you know, well, yeah, I was in the army back in, uh, you know, about thirty years ago, and I go, wait a minute, oh my God, that was fifty years ago. That can't be. I'm not even that old. Oh yeah, you are. You know, it's, I think I'm thirty three, but you know, when I look in the mirror, yeah, <laughs> well, trust so, me, my brain is my brain is thirty three, and my body is ninety three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that but, that reminds me too at times. You know, you know the the. The important thing, and you touched on it, Jim, is to realize that this is all, this has all been drawn out, and it's been drawn out by two different sides. Okay, there's there's the the major, the major picture, the the major production, so to speak. That's that's been drawn out, and that's been drawn out by God. He's he's written it. He's choreo- He's the choreographer, and everything yep. else, and it'll come to a happy ending. However, during the during the movie, there are going to be scenes where the enemy has done things. Um, I used the Battle of the Bulge earlier, okay? It was a battle. Technically, yep. at the beginning, we lost the battle. But, um, you know, Patton came up with his troops and, and uh, broke the uh, the Nazi stronghold. <laughs> and, uh, and it became a victory, but and, and it led to the ultimate victory. Well... Anyway, we thought that the Nazis lost, and if, but you know, um, that's another story. But um, but they were they were defeated militarily, and uh, and we did uh, go on to have a prosperous uh, Western society. Anyway, later on, the East uh, uh, kind of joined in with us. East meaning like the, the Eastern Bloc, like Russia and that. But well, you know, uh, their um, their, the, big, their biggest mistake in the Battle of the Bulge, they did something to Americans that they did with. A lot of other people from a lot of other countries that you just don't do that to Americans. You don't you don't make them surrender and then line them up and shoot them down. They as soon as the Americans found out that that's what happened at the Battle of the Bulge, that the Nazis just executed them like they did other people. Right. Oh no, righteous indignation. You don't want to get righteous indignation into uh, your enemy. What they did, they said, okay. We're taking no prisoners. We're anything with a swastika on it. We're killing, and we're not going to surrender. We're going to die fighting, but we'll not let those rats take us and and execute us. Right. And so now all of a sudden, you made a fierce fighting force that was not going to, you know, um, they'll take a deaf ear or eye to some of the articles of war. If they're going to do this, then we're going to counter it with an equal or more against it. That is even a godly concept that we need to understand and apply if the enemy's going to come at us in a rage like that um god's going to come back and give us the equipment to do as much or more um he looks down he looks down at all this stuff and people that are trying to usurp him he laughs he mocks at him i was just going to look at that scripture Uh, in psalm 2 yeah yeah. um go ahead Uh, no uh, what i wanted to say real quick is that all this stuff has been written down, and yeah, if you go to the if you go to the um, 
the Denver airport. I haven't had a chance to go there since, oh my since they gosh, redid it. Yeah. There, there is a mural there, and somebody posted this, and underneath he, he wrote, this artwork was painted at the Denver airport in 1994, like, what, 30 years ago? Um, oh. And it shows people from across the world wearing face masks. This was a global agenda to control the population for the coming New World Order. And by golly, it is. They're all wearing, and they all have uh, face masks on that ha- uh, have like the flags of their own countries. The thing I felt curious, <clears throat> though, Jim, is that right in the middle of it, there's a, a person that's uh, dressed like they're from Saudi Arabia, but they mm-hmm. have an Israeli face mask on. It's got the Israel flag on it. Now, what, mm-hmm. the, what the symbolism of that is, I have absolutely no idea. But anyway. Um, I forgot my I got my ideas, but you know that's that would take a half hour. But anyway, um, so this is all in plan. Um, even back, I think it was the 2017. Stephen Fauci said that President Trump can can um, um, expect for there to be a pandemic to happen in 2020. So Fauci knew back three years before it happened that this that we were going to have this Corona 19, whatever it is. That's going all going all over the world, you know. So um, it's it's and you know what's funny, Jim is and, and look, Eric, look at that look look at that 1998 Dead Zone episode where you know um, uh, where the guy he had died and he came back uh, to life and when he came back to life he could put his hands on somebody and he could see their future and what was going to happen to them in the future wow. and so he did this to a guy. And he, and this is 1998. He said, hydrochloroquine. That's what saves you. Wow. There's gonna, he says, there's going to be a pandemic. It's going to hit the entire world. And you're going to get it. But hydrochloroquine is going to save you. Remember hydrochloroquine. And 1998? Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, this. so, so this stuff is encrypted. See, it's part of quantum. It's part of a quantum physics thing. They have to speak out before they do something. They have to speak it out. Sometimes they have it encrypted into a movie or something like the cartoons. Uh, oh, what's the one? Homer Simpson. My gosh, Simpson. Uh, yeah. Some. I mean, some of those pictures, especially the one with Trump coming down the elevator and dropping the sign. I mean, how does that happen? Can't you understand yeah. that we exactly. got an enemy that is manipulating time and space? Uh-huh. But to what limit? There is a limit. They can't. They're, they're not going totally crazy on this stuff. They can't undo the cross or anything. All those are it's a science fiction movie, you know, with quantum physics considered that uh, it was called Assassins 33 AD. I think you saw it too, didn't you? Oh yeah, it was an excellent movie. By the way, hi oh, Eric. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks oh, uh, for finally hey. introducing me in. Well, been sitting here like for ten minutes. Come on, guys. Oh come on, secret agent. What are you, spy? You're oh, a spy. Like... Oh, Eric's a spy. Don't trust him now. Eric, like you'd, be, you'd, post or something Eric, you guys. you'd be good at, good at being Jewish. You're putting the uh, guilt trip on us really well here. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm very good at that. I must be Jewish. <laughs> there well, you go. You know, what, you, know yeah. your name, you know what your name says? You know, I know. Uh, to judge, judge. I'm, eternal, I'm a little judgy sometimes. but Eternal judge. I mean, yeah, up there, yeah, you like, well, uh, the eternal, uh, eternal ruler of all guys. Come on. Don't be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's okay, hilarious. I'm on my knees. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> no, no. No, I regard you both greater than I. So just remember and that. And you too, Eric. You yep. too. 
that's the way it has to be. Yeah. So, so you know, the, with this this whole thing is that, you know, how was I? I was ex- trying to explain it to somebody. I think I might have been my grandson, because he's kind of confounded about everything that's going on right now too. And I said, did you know? I said that God's got a plan, and that even if you were to mess up and do something that that messes up the plan, he's already figured that in because he's figured in that mess up into the plan, and he's going to use that mess up for his glory. Yeah, there's got to be that, second. That doesn't mean you go out string, right? Yeah, you don't go out and you deliberately mess up because you know he's going to get you out of trouble. You know, you try to walk your best, but you know you can walk in comfort knowing that. And even with these these forces that are out there, the Illuminati, the New World Order, the Deep State, you, you know, whatever name you want to give them, I've got a few names for them that I can't use on the air. Um, but uh, you know, even if no matter what they do, God turns it around. He does, and He turns it around for His glory. The uh, uh, the oh, take it case in point: the Egyptians chasing the Israelites when they left Egypt. Now, you know, God knew that was going to happen, right? So what does God do? He's, he opens up the sea so that the uh, children of Israel can get through and get to the other side, right? Now, if I was any any normal, sane Egyptian would have said, uh, no, I'm not going in there. <laughs> um, sorry, Pharaoh, you know, you can kill me right here because I'm either going to die here or down in there um, because we're the enemy of those people. But anyway... So Pharaoh decides to go in there, thinking that he's going to go catch up and destroy everybody. Well, you know, the sea caves in around him. And um, Ron Wyatt found those chariots, by the way, um, in the Red Sea. And uh, more proof that uh, that it really did happen. And uh, so, you know, Pharaoh had other plans. And God said, well, yeah, I'm going to let you do that, but only to a certain extent. And then I'm going to wipe you out. And and that brought God glory because you know he opened up the sea. That's that brings him glory right there. Saves the people. That brings them glory, and then destroys the enemy that's going after the people. So but you know, it's like, but you like know, a triple the thing play. Is, sin is blinding, and yeah. the Egyptians they were so overwhelmed with a possible victory, and they had such a hatred that that hatred kept them from seeing or thinking logical. You know, they're just they're just out to mindlessly go after their enemy. So. And this is a pattern. This is what we're seeing today. We're seeing evil coming right. to a, a, a top that they, in their minds, are thinking, aha, we got them now. And the problem is that God has a plan, and his plan always comes out on top. And so we're studying the effects of losers. Right. They don't win. We do. We already have one. Uh-huh. But now, remember, you know, once a point, though, it says that, that there are many called, but few are chosen. Right. Now, we can have a calling. And maybe we do goof up so bad that we can miss our opportunity to be called or uh-huh. to be chosen. So, I mean, you know, in any strategist, you've got a backup plan. In football, you got a second string. So, you know what? You're going to goof it up so bad. Maybe it's you're not going to goof up the events. That's going to happen with you or without you. But let's say you're so determined to be so self-willed and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. You're going to miss the calling that God has given you. You're not going to be selected. The second string is going to come in and replace you. Right. Now, right. And so that isn't that we should live in fear of that, but it's like we should live with the respect that, you know what? God has a plan. If I don't fit into his plan and I think I'm going to do it on my own, you're going to miss the opportunity. 
mm-hmm. and and he gives us plenty and plenty of times to you know to get back on the right track. And I think this is what this reset that that Mark Taylor is talking about that uh, turning the world upside down is what Dave Wilkerson had talked about. Um, Kim Clement actually zeroes right in on it and says that you know that not only is there going to be this great end time revival, it's going to be in Detroit, Michigan. So. Wow, well, maybe we start thinking that something different is going to happen in Detroit, Michigan, right. and it's beginning to see it. You know, guys, I we were I was talking to both of you earlier, and I'm thinking, remember, I I told you back uh, a little while ago. I said the Lord told me that this year, this year, a trigger would happen, and it would set the course of events for everything that I had waited 24 years for to happen. So I'm waiting for the trigger. I'm thinking in my own mind, I'm thinking, oh, that's the new age rapture when it goes. Then, you know, Lord, you told me my book was going to take off and all this other stuff was going to happen. So I'm looking, focusing only on that. And then I realize, oh, my God, the pandemic was the trigger. Right. Right. It was right in front of me and I didn't even see it myself. So a lot of times we have to be so careful, especially with those with the prophetic understandings. We look through it at a lens that we see and that we know. Now, there's a guy, I think you've seen it on Facebook, his his um, things have gone ballistic. And someone was so concerned because it seemed like it was conflicting with some of the things that I had that he wanted me to see this. And he was so concerned about it. He says, now, Jim, I'm going to be up late. So as soon as you watch this uh, movie, please come back and talk to me. I want to see what you have to say about it. Um, and I think if I can get the name, I would like to share it with everybody um uh, i'm i you know i thought i had it set up and i don't i'm not gonna goof around with it uh the guy the guy's name is a real wait a minute oh i do have it written down come on come on find it find it um i got these little sticky notes a whole bunch of them up here and i'm gonna find the right one very soon like all right you sound like me i do exactly the same thing I've oh, got I got all you, over right. my computer and everything, all over my desk. Oh, Jim. Anyways, this guy said that he. Now, I got to tell you, the guy had the most godly, humble way of, of talking. He said, look, if I'm wrong, I'm going to be the first to admit it. Um, uh, he was being as transparent, as honest as he could about the vision that he saw. But. I could see that he was looking through a lens of unlimited, uh, of, of a very unknowledgeable about the virus, the coronavirus, and he was seeing it through a lens with some preconditioned um, theology, uh, and he was looking at it as a traditional Jim LaHaye left behind, you know, kind of a situation. So right. I mean, you know, I I can forgive him of that, but I mean, the stuff he said is exactly what I saw. He saw Russian troops, he saw um, uh, Chinese, and he saw United Nations. And he said that that this was between September, what did he say, between September and, I don't know, I'm sorry, between June and October of this year. He said he saw these troops in in our nation, in our land, and they were assuming control and command. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and so he was speculating, well, I wonder where Trump is in all of this. Well, that told me right there, he didn't know who Kim Clement was. He didn't know who uh, David Wilkerson, if he knew him, but he didn't know, maybe it's his last uh, sermon. Um, 
uh, a call to anguish. Um, and he wasn't familiar with um, Mark Taylor. If he was familiar with Mark Taylor, he would know and be assured that Trump has not left the, the program. He's not going to be out. He's going to win by a landslide this next election. I don't care what everything else looks like. He's going to win by a landslide. Right. Um, and, you know, we've been last week we covered, you know, the plan and how. You know, you have to scrutinize even the prophets. How do we know that they're prophets? I mean, how do we know that they're not just, um, you know, faking it out or even part of that being a maneuver to set us up? Well, you use the testing of a prophet. But unfortunately, too many people have tested these prophets and made comments saying, oh, no, he failed to do this. He failed to do that. Well, I got several questions and I want to ask these people. When was the last time that you were used in a, um, a word of prophecy? When was the last time you spoke in tongues? quiet nobody's answering me well when was the last time you ever spoke in tongues they don't give an answer and they'll go into a long you know explanation of other things of why they believe that you know it's not true and i said so when was the last time god ever used you in that capacity they finally admit that they haven't or they don't and one guy said he did but and then he just i went to his website to look at what this guy debunks everything and anything nothing is right nothing is you know he's he's just the ultimate of debunking everything so i you know it's like okay so your your name you must be a direct descendant of uh tommy takamata the inquisitor because oh, that's what yes. you're acting like uh-huh yeah tommy so i've got a, i've got a question yeah so when we had this invasive force in the united states sometime this year maybe um is it just going to be in some of the larger major cities or or you know what I mean or how big of an invasive force are we talking you're talking about basically the United Nations coming into the United States right right yeah so I know that at this point they're probably going to have a second wave of rioting right I actually already know this I already know this for, for, for the very fact that they um that police officer with George Floyd, they yeah. overcharged him, and they did that on purpose because what they're going to do is he's not going to he's he's not going to get properly charged towards. So I don't know how that works in a court system, but like if you go for a higher level of attempted murder, I I don't know the terminology off the top of my head. Maybe you guys do, but if you don't get that. They the threw jury everything to out. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, see, right. and somewhere I already I already noticed it on the news that they had pointed that out. Well, they're going to go for this, but they really should go for this because they'll guarantee that he'll get, you know, this level of a charge. But they went beyond that, and it's going to get thrown out, and that's when I think the um, oh, the, the rioting is going to will hit, hit up yeah. again. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're kind of going – the rioting is kind of dying down. They're going back to the COVID, and then the COVID's kind of kind of – sputter out and then they're going to go back to the second wave rioting i, I mean right. it's almost like they're going back and forth with it well it makes the well, most and, sense and, and the thing is that that you know it's it's this again the sin nature is blind they don't know i mean so what started to happen you know they started you know the black lives matter now if you follow the money trail money trails are not politically biased one way or another you follow the money trail and find out where it leads to when you uh and some people did very effectively they followed the money trail and it led it led to soros and it led to um the democratic national party after everybody gets a little piece of the cut from 
uh, Black Lives Matters funding, whoever gets, you know, commits to, you know, funding them, it ends up with the Democratic National Party. They get the money. This is all about getting Trump unelectable for the, another four years. Everything that we're seeing going on between the COVID virus, between um, and Soros is saying, you know, he's, he's, he said he's never going to lose an opportunity of chaos to, you know, make the best, the best of it. Um, so, I mean, all of the all the evidence is there that this is all scripted. It's all planned. It's all to create chaos so that they can establish order out of that chaos. We haven't been responding the way they wanted to throughout the whole country. Right. And so. They keep wavering back and forth one to the other. Now they got to go back to the coronavirus because, gee, guess what? When they quit burning everything, destroying everything that was Confederate, then they start on Christopher Columbus, then they start on um, uh, Grant. Um, right. All but, these, other, you know, they're running out now. They're they're even saying that we should they should uh, uh, bust up and destroy uh, churches and anything Christian because that was. Uh, you know, they're terrorists. Uh, yeah, and Jesus was white, too, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah right. Uh, he was fun. brown, by the way. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and um, the thing is that, you know, a lot of um, African-Americans, and, and I, I don't mind using that term. I know a lot of a lot of blacks prefer to be called black. So, um, but anyway, um, there's, there's tons and tons of videos on YouTube where the blacks have approached these... Um, so-called anarchists well they are anarchists uh antifa and they said what are you doing here you know why are you painting that you you two people are white you're over there painting black lives matter on that building the cops are going to come in they're going to think that i did it they're going to throw me in jail you're not helping us out go away you know and there's been an outcry from from the black community about whites that are standing on corners and protesting and it's like this one lady, she got up and she said, well, why aren't you, the best way you could protest is at the ballot box, but you keep voting these people back in. And she called them stupid liberal, stupid yeah. white liberals. <laughs> and, and I'm like, wow, I really love this lady. <laughs> you know, I saw, I saw some stat somewhere that uh, 85% or roughly that, maybe 80, 85% of the whole black lives matters organizational group that is you know marching and, and rioting and all that is actually white yeah, yeah. or something that's not not white. not minority not black and i'm thinking it is. well that's weird you know i mean well i that, had no, go ahead eric no i'm finished go ahead well i had a person approach me on facebook after i had posted um a posting about uh, what I was saying is I'm calling I'm calling everybody that you know they're they're saying that they're going to prove their buying power so that on uh, uh, July 7th they're going to not buy anything on July 7th to show their purchasing power that they have uh, a clout at Black Lives Matter uh, and and Antifa and um, so I got my posting and I said. You know, and I, I showed how the all the inconsistency, how a reverse racism is actually existing and how the real history of the Civil War, why we still have icons of the stars and bars and things like that. And so this man got on here. He was uh, a black and this man was highly educated. 
he was articulate in wording. I mean, I, I have not seen too many people on his level. This guy was an expert. I think he was probably, you know, a high-level communist uh, wanting to see who I really was. And I love the fact that, that not only did God give me a good brain, but I laid it to Peter Jesus, so now I get the anointing and the brain. So, man, the Lord kept me one step ahead of him all the way through. He was baiting me, trying to find and hook, make me a comment to where I could, you know, he could trip me up on, and he wasn't able to trip me. I would say, oh, well, and I go into a long explanation, but an explanation that was Christ-like, balanced, and grounded. And I we even used the um, Shelby Township, which happens to be where my mobile home, where I, I my kids are living there now, but um, where I lived. And um, the Shelby Township police chief made a comment online, which is the dumbest thing he probably could do. Um, on a social comment, he said that um, that the looters in, in he he was talking about in his county. He said if they if the looters and the criminals think they're going to drag me out of my police car and beat me, I'm going to send them back home in a body bag. The very next day, pasted all over the press, the news, everything. Shelby Township. Um, Police chief says he's going to send blacks back in uh, in body bags. Now, yeah. See. Yeah. When you quote when you quote him, he never brought in color whatsoever. So this this guy was asking me, well, don't you think that um, that all of the uh, rioters that were causing it were, were black? And I said, what? How? What do you mean that they were black? Well, don't you think they were black? And I said, do you realize right now the question you just asked me, do you realize how racist that is? My God, man, if it wasn't for white guilt that allows you to be able to blame and point fingers like that, and you don't even realize that you are, because you are the racist and you don't even know it. I said, it's funny. It's like everything's been reversed, the same but opposite. And now you're on the other side of it. I said, how if I said that to you, I could lose, I could be defrocked from my denomination. I could lose my job. I said, but fortunately, I'm retired. My denomination doesn't exist anymore, but under state laws, I'm still an ordained minister. So I'm just accountable to God. I can say and do whatever I want because I'm only accountable to him. I said, but you, look at this. I said, no. I said, no. As a matter of fact, you look at any of the, the scenes of the rioting. You're going to find that white, white millennial kids and they're all wearing some kind of red bandana or red something. This is Antifa. They are an international communist agitators that go through countries and undermine all of the, the culture and the history and everything. And they incite riots. I said, these criminals are white. They're not black. I said, none of you don't see hardly any blacks doing all this crazy stuff. It is white millennials. Nobody mentioned color. Why don't you stop mentioning color? Right. Because then it'll be just a police officer, you know, grabbed uh, or, or had to shoot a person who took his taser and get, was getting ready to tase him. Uh huh. So, no, but it doesn't do it that way. A white officer grabbed a black man's, you know, that's racism. That's racist. Mm -hmm. I said, right. this is I said, this has got to stop because it's not going to end good for you. You got a president who was black because white guilt said, oh, we got to we got to show the world that this it's finally happened. You know, a black can become president. 
the powers that be were banking on that because this black happened to be a Muslim. He happened to be an illegal alien and he was a communist. But nobody bothered to check that because he was black. Right. And that's what the powers that be were working upon. I said, it's a shame because the first great opportunity and I said most whites were you had to get white evangelical votes to even let that man ever become president. If you didn't win a portion of those people, it would have never happened. Um, and so what do you think now? Everything is in reverse. You're going to play this out. You burn up, you, you topple statues of everything. And now you end up running into uh, Columbus and and. Lincoln, I mean, yeah, even a, a Lincoln, they were threatening uh, to do the, t uh, the Lincoln Temple in Washington, like that's going to ever happen. Right. I said, it's, it's madness. But now, because you're so caught up in the sin, just like the Pharaoh crossing the river, not even thinking, duh, you know, I'm going to get stuck in the middle of this. They're, they are doing it so bad that now blacks are gathering together and saying, whoa, wait a minute. No, this is wrong. You know, in my state, guys, you know, and maybe some of it is because of my age. I'll go into a store and we're in aisles or whatever and excuse me and all this stuff. Man, they are extra. I see blacks being extra polite to me. They're, what they're trying to say is I'm not one of them. Right. I'm not. I don't see right. race. Please, please. I don't see race. And my gosh, they go out of their way. And so I go out of the way to just love them back. You know, it's just like this is the way it should be. There's only one race, the human race. And Jesus died for all of the human race. Not right. Any nobody's special except the human race, because he died for whosoever will. So I you know, it we're just not buying into it. And especially in Detroit, where I was thinking, OK, Somehow in, in this pandemic, you know, we're going to all be healed and everything's going to be great. No, man, we got a double dose of hitting, you know, up the side of the head. Why? Because it was prophetically saying that this is ground zero for the for a revival that will hit the nation and then the whole world. So you don't think the enemy is going to attack us more? He did. And he was almost successful, except he couldn't get us to riot. He couldn't get us to fight one another. And we're still not buying it. Yesterday, this morning's news, I'm looking at uh, the Detroit police and, boy, the spin they got on, on uh, network news. Man, they're saying, oh, the Detroit police had ran into the, to the crowd of protesters at uh, the last uh, protest they had just, you know, this morning. And, uh, and they're showing the police. Now, you could see after what happened in Chicago, after what happened in New York, where they actually attacked precincts, and dragged police out of the car and beat them to death. And all of a sudden, these people are surrounding the vehicle. And so the vehicle is nudging them out of the way, trying not to hurt them, but nudging them. And then when they almost got them completely surrounded, they nudged really, really hard and pushed them out of the way and bumped them out of the way. But they still tried to get them out of the way. But after knowing that they attacked a precinct, they dragged cops out of the cars to beat them and here they are almost surrounded and you're going to put a spin on it to look at how the horrible detroit police are just you know being brutal and running over a crowd no they were trying to get out of the way so they didn't get dragged out and killed because that is what's happening but you don't you don't see that they put a spin on everything man they're trying to emphasize that how the cops are the bad guys the cops are just trying to save their own butts you know it, it's like um and trying to do it without hurting anyone, just moving them out of the way. And again, everybody that was running, you know, and was crowding around, 
most of there was a few blacks, but most of them were white. Most of them were millennials, and most of them were wearing red. Wearing red is what Antifa does to let them know they want everybody to know that that's us. So it was agitators who yeah. weren't even from this country. I mean, they weren't even from Detroit. They yeah. were from elsewhere being shipped in to do what they do. It's yeah. what they do. It's you just know, insanity. I watched an interview um, not too long ago, um, and it was Malcolm X, and he was now. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't stand and uh, glorify Malcolm X. He was a communist. He was a Muslim. He's kind of like a Louis Farrakhan, actually. Pretty but, much, uh, yeah. <clears throat> what he said was um, that there was like he was being interviewed by a white newsman, and the newsman asked him a question, and he said his biggest fear was that the white white liberals. He actually used the term white liberals. We're gonna get into the the, the black uh, movement of you know of protesting against uh, for for their civil rights and against uh, their lack of civil rights and that white liberals would get in there and take it over and and make things twice as bad as they were before now this is a man back in 1965 who was saying this and as as we watch it you know progressing you know dec- year by year decade by decade that's exactly what's happened yeah you know, yep. and it's it's like, I, and don't get me wrong. I think that you know, I, if if there was a peaceful march, you know, and, and it was and it was for something that was valid, I'm not so sure this George I can't remember his last name um, thing was valid because the guy that definitely wasn't a, a good player. But let's just say Fo- somebody, yeah, Foster, Foster, Foster. But let's just yeah. say something like somebody like Martin Luther King. You know, so a man of peace, a man of uh, that wants to bring people together. You know, if it, I, I go out there, you know, and I join with 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 the blacks and protesting, you know, against his murder and stuff like that. Not to the point of, you know, beating up police and overturning cars. But if it's a peaceful protest, heck, yeah, because justice is justice. It doesn't matter what color you are. Justice doesn't have color. And, you know, in, in, well, I should say, you know, in a real world. You know, or, yeah. In a better world, justice doesn't have color. But when you look at when you look at his rap sheet, he's not exactly a quiet, mild mannered, peaceful man. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Not so, at all. Yeah. So you know, he he had his issues, you know, and and uh, we'll never probably know exactly what happened that day that he was killed. But um, you know, there there were indications that he had a lot of drugs in his body when that happened. Uh, but again, who knows? But uh, so, you know, there there are causes that it's, it's a righteous thing to go out and, and protest. Um, and what's, what's really I find kind of sad is that um, uh, back in the 60s, it was a lot of Jews marched with uh, with blacks in, in the civil rights civil rights marches um, because because of the in, in, in inequality and. And all the violence and, and the slavery, of course, you know, a lot of things were shared by both cultures, you know. And now what, what has happened is because of the Muslim movement, the Muslim movement has poisoned um, uh, a lot, a lot in the Black American community to think that you know that Jews are only out there to uh, take their money and to exploit them and everything, which is completely the opposite of the truth. But um, so you know, it's. In, in the memory of those Jews that did go out and, and protest with uh, with the marches back in the 60s and maybe early 70s, um, 
you know, that they did a wonderful thing. And uh, we were talking today, you know, uh, my wife and I about Catholicism. And I said, well, you know, I said, you know, there, every religious movement has its its uh, little, little idiosyncrasies, you know, and some of them have larger idiosyncrasies. But um, I said, you never see Protestants out in front of abortion clinics. It's always Catholics that are out there, you know. So, That's very, very true. Yeah. Yep. And it's, you know. So we have to give credit where credit's due. Exactly. We really do. Exactly. So, um, and, you know, with uh, with the black community, you know, it's, it's uh, there are a lot of, man, there's tons and tons of wonderful blacks out there, you know. And, uh, you know, every group has its malcontents. Every group has uh, people that hate another group for no reason or, or, how, or, or a hyperinflated reason, you know, or, or uh, because of what they've been taught. A lot of a lot of the hatred in this country on both sides, or all three sides, or whatever side, you know, because you got Hispanics, you got whites, you got blacks, you got um, all different races. Most of it comes from the home. You know, it's um, it's the mother or father that indoctrinates the child to believe that all whites are bad, or all blacks are bad, or all Indians are. You know, Native Americans are bad or all Hispanics are bad. You know, that that's something that's usually taught. And it's usually a little seed that's planted in the ground of a, of a young child's mind. And later on, that seed is watered by something they see or something they hear. You know, and it grows into a big tree, unfortunately. But uh, the good thing about trees is that they can be cut down. <laughs> Trees can be cut down, and and yep. um, and righteous trees can be planted in their place, and and that's what the Lord does when you come to faith of Him. He cuts down all those bad trees, and uh, and throws them into the fire. <laughs> that's the best well, part. I think what's going to be great is um, we're all going to come together. Yeah, I do. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. That, that's the reset, and when that happens, we're all going to be on the same page. We're all going to realize, you know, that we're we're saving the same, we're we're serving the same Lord, and instead of looking at our differences and arguing over the differences, let's see how they are compatible together as one. Because when we come together in that way, then we get the full picture. So, you know, a Jesus-only Trinitarian, um, a um, Calvinist, a Pentecostal. Um, all these people will be able to come together when they quit arguing and fighting with each other and saying, okay, here's my piece. What piece do you have? How do we, how does it fit? Right. And we're going to, we're going to be, we, we're not going to do this natural. We're not going to just suddenly wake up and go, oh, wow, we should, you know, kumbaya, it's all, you know, no, we need to be motivated. The only way we're motivated is by being threatened. It's the only way we're, I guess that's why the Lord calls us and compares us to sheep. Sheep are so stupid, if they didn't have a shepherd to grab them by the, the hook of the neck, they'd fall right off of a cliff and not even know that they were doing that. Right. So we have a faithful shepherd that has a hook that's pulling us back, and that's what God is going to do with us. That's why there's a reset. That's why there's a, as David Wilkinson said, he would turn the world upside down. Everything would be completely different from what we are familiar with or what we knew. It would look like the enemy was overwhelming and beating us up and and coming to an end that is for me the signs where i'm getting more excited <laughs> all right, right man we're coming right. it's it's coming to a head in a reset man all of a sudden you're either in one camp 
or you're any other. There's no graded shaded area to hide your apathy or your um, compromise or anything. You're going to be forced to be on one side or the other, nothing in between. That is something to be thankful for. I mean, if you've sown to the spirit, you're going to reap from the spirit. This is going to be a fun time. If you sown to the flesh, you're going to reap the flesh, and it's going to look like hell on earth. And, you know, isn't it funny how the birds of a feather do flock together? Now, all of a sudden, you got the Gay Lesbian Association, the Muslims, and uh-huh. uh, and uh, uh, the Black Lives Matters. They're all coming together, and the new black is to be a Muslim. The new black is to be a gay. You know, so they're all they're all saying, "Hey, we're in the same situation. We are. We need to come together and fight." What do they all have in common? You know, they hate this current Judeo-Christian nation. They want it destroyed. I, it's funny as heck. Even even the uh, we have a lot of rhinos in the Republican Party. Where did these rhinos come from? Check out their history. Check out their background. Many of them are linked in with the New World Order. Many of them are linked with paperclip scientists that came over here after World War II. That's right. The Nazis never lost the war. They just changed addresses and came over here. I can show you chapter, text, and verse of scriptures that says that. Uh, Everything's being done in the same but opposite. So we had a first infiltration of National Socialism right after World War II. We had the first infiltration of communism in America after the uh, Spanish Civil War in the late 30s with the Lincoln Brigade, where the black community was, uh, most most of them were black, but the Lincoln Brigade went over and fought in the Civil War, in their Civil War, and for the first time, blacks were treated with, with respect and equality. Now, you can't blame them. You know, this is where sin comes back to bite us in the butt. They were treated with respect and they were treated as equals. And so for the first time in their life, man, they're going, wow, somebody treats me as an equal. This communism stuff must be pretty good stuff. Most of them, when they come back, went, uh, more than half of the Lincoln Brigade went to Russia to learn how to be communist insurgents and operatives in the United States. They came back convinced that communism was the hope for, uh, for the black community. So that's why the blacks always le- leaned towards that, because they you know, and again, it's this unaddressed sin that comes back to, to bite you, the weakness, the hurt and the pain that they had suffered, um, you know, in America and racial indifference or the Jim Crow type separations and everything. Um, this was their answer. So beatniks were the remnant of the culture that they adopted and had when they were in Europe. And so the beatniks of the 50s became the teachers of the 60s. Right. And they were communists. And so it changed everything from within. Now, um, Islam first came in in the 70s after uh, the Lebanese War. And they were refugees fleeing. And a lot of them were Christian, but most of them were Muslims. And they were coming here for the whole purpose of undermining the country. I've got, um, it was, um, oh, my gosh. It's our Michigan um, what's her name? Uh, the Michigan, uh, the representative, House of Representative in Michigan. You guys, help me out here. You don't remember? Uh, I'm thinking. I'm the it, one that should know. She's in my district, even for Pete's sakes. Oh, Rashid? Yeah, Rashid. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Oh, you're welcome. How her, can I forget that face? They have her addressing a Islamic convention. 
and man, she spills it right out, the whole thing. I mean, I'm placing it on Facebook tomorrow morning, and this will probably be my third strike three warning, and I'm out. And so I'm telling everybody, I'll see you at MeWe. And you know what? I haven't even set my site up yet. I've been so darn busy. But um, but she has clearly put out the strategy that we have to look at all of America as potential Muslims. And um, and she's saying she's telling telling the strategy to create America as a caliphate state for the Islamic states. Right. Uh, so the one that Obama said there was 57 states, you know, and it's it's funny. There was another slip by someone else who also said the same thing. I can't remember who it was now. Well, uh, might have been Biden. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. But, you know, he is. Did you know that he's a Muslim connection and everything? He's um, yeah, it's just it's it's so crazy how everything is going. Um, so now they're I mean, they're even accusing Trump as, you know, um, having Russian assassins come and, you know, take out. Um, our military. How insane is that? Even even the Russian dignitaries are going. That's insane. That's yeah. crazy. You know, nobody ever. We never got any orders to do. You know, and so and so they are desperately trying to hang Trump, no matter what how they can, because they don't. They fear four more years, um, because they know that's their demise. Four more years. You're right. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But we have to let sin it's kind of like i keep getting the two mixed so bail me out of this one you guys because i do this every show all the time the the uh guy that was going to have jews executed on the hangman's uh rope oh, it ends up Heyman. Heyman. i always say hyron hyman hyram was uh hyram was, was the good guy yeah yeah he was up in the phoenician that helped out the jews okay. yeah Heyman is the bad guy and so this is this is what the story is being played out here. They're trying to set Trump up, and they're changing laws, getting on a fast track, doing different things, abusing the Constitution to make these quick laws so that they can hang them and get them. And they're going to be hung on those laws themselves when this um, reset happens. Um, they're just initiating laws so that they can just make it quick, and, and, and so many of them are going to end up at Gitmo being arrested. And, man, I thought that was going to be this year, and now it looks like, oh, my gosh. We're gonna to have to wait another year and a half. Yeah. Or a year well, they need, they need more rope to hang themselves. So. Well, I guess so. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that's what I mean. Things change quick. I thought for sure this was going to be the year. Um, you know, of the of the um, the New Age rapture. This was going to be the time that I'd waited for. You know, that the the uh, trigger event that was going to be this rapture thing. So, wow, this is great. We only got four months to go, and then, but then all of a sudden, I I see a sudden change. Oh my gosh, it's going to be a year. You mean to tell me we're going to go through this whole election and everything? Right. And this is going to happen. And then one guy, man, um, the guy that I can't remember the name of, he saw Russians, he saw Chinese, he saw. Um, United Nations peacekeeping forces from sometime from June to September, sometime in that period, occupying this land and being in control. Well, I thought that was going to be at the end of everything, not the catalyst to begin everything. And yet I can clearly see I saw the same thing this man saw. He sees it in a different lens because of what he knows and doesn't know. He's seeing it through that lens and we have to be guarded ourselves with the prophetic gift, are, are we looking through a lens objectively, totally objectively, with the ideas that we could be wrong, that maybe our preconceived ideas? I do this all the time, so I have no problem in shifting and adjusting 
to what God's plan is because I know God's plan. But I can tell other people when they don't know God's plan because they're not conforming it to what the prophets have told us is God's secret that he's revealed to the prophets. That's what gives you the stability to stay on target. When it complies to known prophets that are established and we know that this is God talking, and if we're keeping a um, a personal relationship, not knowing about God, but knowing him intimately, then that intimacy allows us to make sudden quick changes in what the events are and keep us balanced by knowing God's plan. Mm -hmm. So if we, and, and also realizing that, look, I'm just a human filter. Am I looking at it through what I preconceived? No. Do I have to reexamine what I know to see if there's something more? I'm willing to do that. And I, I run into so many other people that have the same thing. They are willing to adjust themselves to make sure that their ideas are in conformity to the plan. And once you do that and, and keep you're one of those types that you have to know what's real, even though it's ugly, even though it looks dangerous. Once you see the patterns that are all throughout history, sin is blind. They'll go crazy. They'll hang themselves with their own rope every time. Their actions are going to go so madly out of disproportion that you that everybody goes, "Oh wow, this is this is not what it seems to be." And that's what we're experiencing right now in these times. We're getting all these fast, quick, sudden changes. And I mean, even Christians, even some of my family, even people that I, you know, they've been to my museum, they've seen some of the things there and everything. And then one guy was so freaked out, he was starting to accuse me as being part of the the uh, deception. Huh. Um, oh boy. Oh my goodness. But you know, it's again, he didn't understand. I I said, would you watch? Trump prophecies. Would you go and, and listen to King, Kim Clement and what he prophesied about Detroit? Man, dude, you're here because there's something special about Detroit and what's going to happen. You're going to be a part of it. Wouldn't you want to know what you're going to be a part of so that you can have more stability? If you just do that, don't don't look at me. Don't don't accuse me of something crazy like that. That's crazy. My God, I spent most of my adult life trying to expose the enemy. How could I be the enemy if I'm trying to expose him? You know, yeah, well, right. David Icke is, I mean, David Icke is, you know, he's exposing the enemy, but here he's a, a hardcore, firm theosophist. It's like, okay, you, you know, I mean, that game can play. I can get it. But by their fruits, you shall know them. So I leave a trail behind me that certainly I'm not ashamed of. Um, I have testimonies of people that whose lives have been changed because of the ministry that I have. And, as bizarre and strange sounding. I mean, I led somebody to Lord be on time travel. Huh? Who the heck does that? Well, I did. When I lived in Roswell, I had my little museum there. Um, you know, I can, I can show you chapter, text and verse scripture where, you know, this manipulation is actually there. So it explains Simpsons. It explains all the other crazy stuff that were the Mandela effect. Um, it was that, um, we might even see a, a piece of uh, an element to all of this that is a Mandela effect where everybody is talking about this uh, uh, June. Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Yeah. Now, some people swear, no, this is this is no, it's you know, we used to talk about this all the time. And I'm going, listen, I come from Brightmore section of Detroit. That's about the hood as the hood it could ever be. At one time it was a hillbilly hood. Now it's a, a, a black drug uh 
infested hood uh, and white bike clubs. And they've kind of worked out, a, they had to work out a sociable thing so that they could get along with each other and, and uh, keep peace and be able to do their monkey business, you know, without being bothered. But, uh, but all I have to say that though, there's a revival going on within outlaw motorcycle clubs. It's just totally amazing. Um, but so I knew, I believe me, I know the hood I've worked um, with peacemakers for the last uh, five, six years. And if there was ever any, holiday like that i would have known about it i would have heard something i have never heard of it before in my life this is like something coming from another dimension which is a good segue into that kind of a uh, thing right. um right. remember dave I, I told you about this program and you <laughs> you and your wife binge watched i think the episodes um man in the high tower yeah mm-hmm. Excellent. now you know there's some other episodes now. This is starting to be a big deal in a lot of different episodes. And when we see this, this is, I think, God's way of exposing what the powers that be are. You know, they have to proclaim before they do what they do. And then they have to uh, affirm it once they've done it. So if you're just following that without knowing what the Bible has to say, you don't know whether you're coming or going because is this an affirmation or is this a declaration? You could end up being a conspiracy freak that is really messed up because you don't have that anchor in the Word of God. But this is a theme that is starting to pick up real big now. Um, in, In that movie, when we first find out, you know, the movie, we see that um, that there's a seems to be a difference between how history in the movie in this history the nazis got the atomic bomb before anyone else did they bombed washington <clears throat> they took control of the eastern portion of the united states the japanese being part of the axis powers invaded and took the western coast and then through the mississippi river was a neutral zone but we were completely occupied we lost world war ii but films started showing up of our dimension where we won. And so it started giving hope to an underground. And so we're thinking on this one level that that's what's going on. At the end of the show, my God, it's parallel dimensions and they're bringing in on purpose certain elements of different dimensions to find the right combination to what they want to ultimately achieve. This is beginning to be, uh, I was watching one that was basically about time travel. It was a series called Dark it was a German-made one, which is kind of weird, um, and it was centered around you know several different people. And it started out they were time traveling, and so you think that's all that's included in it was just time traveling. Then this woman from another dimension at at this whole new series that just opened up now, we're no longer talking about just time. It is actually laminating different pieces of different dimensions to tailor make their own. Then it dawned on me, oh my God, that is what CERN is doing. They're not just they're not just opening up the key to the bottomless pit and bringing parts of the pit. They are looking at a multi-dimension, seeing all the different scenarios. Here's a scenario: Oh, the uh, Democrats won, uh, the Communists won through the Democratic Party, and so okay, we're going to bring that element in. Oh, the gays got total equal rights and total global dominance with all kinds of sexual, you know, transgender and all this kind of stuff. Oh, we want to bring that in too. Oh, if you get mad or ticked off, you can just go into any place and just whack everybody else. Hey, we like that little element too. That puts a little spice into things, so we'll bring that part in. They have been custom dialing in what they want in this 
new world order to bring total chaos so that they can establish their their elimination of uh, six and a half million people, billion people, and and reduce it down to a manageable thing. So they're actually bringing in specific things. They're not just randomly doing it. They're doing it by searching a multiverse. I know this has got to sound to some people way, way out there, but then our audience is used to way, way out anyway. For some of you that are new here, this is <laughs> welcome to Opposing the Matrix because this is what we're all about. That's we right. will plant the seeds if they're real. If they're real, you're going to be informed. To be informed is to be aware. Um, when the future creates the past, the present is revealed. That was the last words to the last episode of a prequel to the whole entire Star Trek uh, series. It was called uh, Star Trek Discovery. Um, amazing, because you think about that. If the past, if the future created the past, which is what the paradox that we're stuck in now, then the future, the, the present has to be revealed. Reveal, uh, the apocalypse means the lifting of the veil, the exposing of what, where you are at today. So you're looking at a mall and a map. As you are here, and you need to go over here. That's what we're being shown. That's what the apocalypse is. It's a lifting of the veil. It's a revealing of, okay, you are here now, and this is why you're here, because the future made the past. So it's a space-time paradox. And when right. Jesus died on a cross and it got dark for what, three hours? Yeah. And he said, it is finished. They don't, it's not like Groundhog Day. You're not just going to keep coming back and back and, you know, get it until you get it right. You had one chance, you blew it, and now you're forever locked into this. You lost, God wins. So this ancient war that was, we've always been taught happened sometime in the ancient past. The Michael and his angels fought the devil and his angels. The angels prevailed down, was cast into the earth on dry land amongst men. Literally is what it says. Okay, that has not happened in our linear experience yet. It didn't happen in some ages past. It's going to happen in our future. It's what CERN does when it knocks us out of linear existence and puts us into a outside of time. You know what? I don't even think we're going to notice when it happens. Maybe a few months down the road and you're going to realize, oh, wow. Things are different. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be something that we're going to actually know. We don't know when there's a physical axis shift. The only way I know is by seeing those two or three tornadoes coming Hurricane. all at the same time. Yeah. And guess what? Guess what didn't happen during hurricane season this year? Nothing. So Got I a think sandstorm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we did have some seismic and volcanic activity, but that is the first major sign of an axis shift, and we didn't have it this year. So when Google says, oh, they're, they're not doing it this year, they're delaying another year, they're going to have it next year, we probably are, which means, you know what, we're not going to wait four months, we're going to wait 14 months for the reset, which means, my gosh, guys, you know, I didn't see it coming. I thought it was going to be the last half of the trip, but this is a catalyst that creates everything, starting at the pandemic. The pandemic was the... Um, the trigger but mm -hmm. at election time i'm thinking right after the election is probably when there's going to be a full-scale civil war where the ground troops are going to be there where that man saw the russians and the um, united nations now i saw this all in 1978 
1979, I prayed and I saw we didn't even have, there was no such thing as a peacekeeping force of the United Nations. They had no extension of any kind of military or anything. They were just paper tigers. You know, a lot of talk and no action. Now they have the action. Now they have the um, peacekeeping forces initiated. Oh, you know what? I never, this is, talk, talk about being in a place of opportunity. I had a guy who lived across the street from me. He was a habitual garbage picker. I'm sort of the same way. And uh, you see something good, you just can't resist. You go back and pick it up. And uh, used to drive my wife nuts. And uh, he was out in Lake Orion, which is a very high-profile area, a lot of rich, you know, very famous people that live out there. He garbage picked this thing. He looked and saw these really cool metal boxes. So he grabbed all of them and put them in a the truck. Then when he opened them up, they were field surgical tools, and he had all kinds of equipment, I mean, all kinds of uh, documentation on them and everything. He said, let me do some research on this, and I'll try to find out what the heck this is. So I did the research, and my God, I don't, you know, to this day, I did everything I could because I was scared to death when I found out what he had garbage picked and I thought, oh, my God, this dude died, and they, the family put everything out on a curb or, or something. I don't know what happened, but how in the heck did he end up? This doctor was a representative of the emergency team on the United Nations uh, Relief um, Medical Team. He was in charge and given newly made equipment for a field hospital to do everything from brain surgery to every other sophisticated thing under field conditions. I had the entire United Nations medical um, field equipment in case of emergencies. I did everything to get a hold of this guy. I found out he was on LinkedIn. Um, no, rep- no response, no reply. I got a hold of everybody that I knew that was associated with it saying, please, I found this. Do you want it back? I mean, what should I do with it? You know what happened? What? Nothing. No, everybody ignored me. They wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. I prayed about it. I said, Lord, what? I'm trying to – I don't want to die over this stuff. It's not worth it. Why Why do I have this? What What happened? This is what the Lord laid on me. He says, nobody is going to own up to this. They had a contingency plan for something like this to happen, and it it failed. Nobody's going to put their name on this because then they're going to be held accountable for it. Unseen, unheard, then they don't have to deal with it. And so nobody's going to own up to it. So I end up with all the equipment that was just made a year before he had garbage picked it. This guy must have died. The family put the stuff out on the curb. He picked it up. I got it. I still have it today. I'm keeping it for a time when we need it. God gave this to me to trust me for a time of civil disorder where we're going to need something like that. And guess what? I'm ready. I got it. Man, I mean, that stuff just doesn't. That's that's my normal. And it is. I got all kinds of testimonies of things that happened like that. But. That's his preparation that he can have for us. Um, one person can make a difference if you're willing to be willing. And so that's why I, I share that testimony because God in his infinite mercy and understand knows the, the, the present, past, and future. It's already happened to him. That's why he could guide uh, Ron Wyatt to find out where the exact location of Jesus Christ was crucified because it was exactly where Jeremiah had put the Ark of the Covenant right underneath where he was going to be um, 
crucified so that when the earthquake happened and caused a fissure right below where he died on the cross, his blood dripped through that fissure onto the Ark of the Covenant, which had broken open and it went into the the inner part of the tabernacle, exactly what every Levitical priest had done for thousands of years in memory of when the Messiah would come and shed his blood for all of mankind. Man, how, I mean, that's the complicated God that we have. He's got this stuff all figured out, man. He's got a plan, and he's always going to win. And everybody else that we study, the Illuminati this, and they're controlling this, and they're doing this, and oh, overwhelming. I'm sitting here with popcorn laughing. You guys lost. Don't you know that? You lost. Yeah, We're right. studying the effects of losers. You don't win. We He won. So I'm grabbing my popcorn. I'm looking at all this madness going, I'm glad I know the, the, the plan of God. This is cool, man. I can just sit back and be relaxed. I can have a piece that passes all understanding. And hopefully I can pass that on to everybody else. There's a hope. God is in control. He's got a plan. Look at how powerful he is. Look at how complex he can be. And yet when it comes to personal application, he has made deliverance, praying, healing so simple. Even a child can understand it. That's right. amazing of God. He can. Some things are so simple and other things, they're kind of complex. But he reveals these things to those that are willing to seek the truth. I, you know, I'm done. I just, I think that was just, just so amazing that, what do you think? I mean, man, what do you guys think about this whole custom tailored dimensional inner, you know, I see scriptures that say that he has made everything perfect in his time. Other things where he's able to subdue all things unto himself. Right. All things. That means the rippling effect of sin, creating every kind of dimension. If you can imagine dimension for everything that you do or don't do, for anything you say or don't say, and having all these multiverses. Now, I think when you conform to the likeness of Christ, those alternate universes implode upon themselves. They go away. They disappear because there's a conformity to Christ. And so ultimately, as everyone conforms more to Christ, these things implode and it gets simpler and simpler down to just one universe. And unfortunately, it's contaminated. So that's why we have a new a new universe. We're, we're told, Jesus told us that wide is the path that leads to destruction and narrow is the path that leads to to him. Basically, and if you if you were to go down a two lane road, you know, with uh, well, just say a one way road, you know, there's only room for one car. You go down a freeway, you know, you got eight, five, six, eight lanes. So you know, there's your dimensions right there. Um, you know, you, you're driving the slow lane, and you get behind a slow truck, so you get over one lane, so you can pass that truck. You've you've erased that truck slowing you down, so you've erased that. That um, that dimensional aspect in that lane, and then, but then you know on your left side you got people zooming past you in the other lane, and um, and and so you know the uh, freeway is a good illustration of that, you know and but if you're on that road all by yourself or you know with others in front of you and behind you and you all go you're all going the same speed, and you're on that that narrow road that leads to to life. Then um, you know you, you avoid that, but there's always a time. I don't know about you, but here in Oregon, there's there's the freeway, and then there's what's called Highway 99. And so sometimes you, you know the freeway is a little congested, so you get off on 99, 
or vice versa. They're doing road work on 99, so you get on the freeway. So you leave the one the one string, let's say, and you get on to the, the thing that has multi-strings on it. And so, you know, you've, you've um, basically switched universes. And is there something going on in the background? Oh. Oh, I'm uh, yeah. I was, okay. I'm sorry. I'm looking it's at my okay. pacing notes because I I really wanted to find yeah. that guy's name. Well, you I really s- like the guy, man. He's so cool. Yeah. So you switch universes, you know, and you're you know you're on a different highway, and then uh, you decide, okay, well, I've had enough of this, and then you get on a straight and narrow path. Well, you know, in, in spiritual terms, you know, you're supposed to stay on that other path. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to get slower, but. On that other path, we're not really in a hurry to get anywhere because we know that there's a dictated time to get from when you started to when you're where you're going to end up, and you know you're going to end up in heaven on that road. <clears throat> but the, right. so you know, there's there's no passing, there's no um, people getting impatient. Well, maybe there are, but they really can't do anything about it because they're <laughs> stuck in traffic behind everybody else. And it's a nice and orderly road, you know, and it's well paved and it's um, it's actually a pleasure to drive on, you know. But uh, sometimes we tend to get off on another road or we or we take another one lane road that's, you know, um, maybe we think is going to save us a little time. Let's say we're going to work or we're going shopping and, you know, we we um, we have a plan for our day and see, that's just it. It's our plan for our day. It's not his plan for our day. So, you know, we, we kind of uh, tweak things a little bit. But um, no matter what happens on those other roads, you know, God can use those things for his glory. You might, um, let's say that you got off on that the wide road just for a moment, you know, and and you might you know, look at that as maybe um, backsliding for a little while. <laughs> let's just put it that way. And... Um, so, you know, you're not really on the road that God wants you on, but you do a, a couple of kind things on that road, and it leads the people on that road to realize that, hey, you know, you're a good guy. What's the reason why you're a good guy? And so they want, when you get off of that road and you go back on an hour road, they want to follow you to find out, you know, all about you. You know, when you stop to get something to eat or whatever, they're going to want to stop too and say, hey, you know, you did something really nice on that road back there. Why did you do that? And then you get to explain to them why you know, why you did that and things like that. So um, I, when, when you talk about the different universes, I always think of highways um, and uh, comparing the freeway to surface streets or whatever, you know. And uh, I think it's an easy way to understand things. I really do. And, right. Um, uh, and put them in earthly terms, basically, instead of putting them in physics terms and stuff, which a lot of us can understand, but not everybody can. And... Um, so anyway, that's how I weigh in on it. But um, Eric, anything? Um, well, I guess I got a question. You know, sure. If we're looking at um, this place being a parallel dimension to, you know, to a parallel Earth and heaven, and this Earth has, you know, multi dimensions. Um, based on all our decisions. So is it possible that um, the powers that be are actually uh, interacting and 
trying to take over these other fascists as well um, as this one as that we're actually standing in. Well, I like, like our series. Like the movie, the, yeah. like the movie, the High Tower. Yeah, it would be like you know, there's a starting, I, there's a starting point here, and then they're going to continue to launch out to all these other places, trying to take them all over and right. subdue everything. You know, out of greed. That was actually I, Man, Man in the High Castle, correct? Yeah, yeah. Man in the High Castle. Okay. Oh, awesome series, man. If you ever never seen it, well, uh, if you binge, it's what? How many seasons? Four, five. Four, four. Yeah, yeah, four seasons. Okay. Whew, yeah. Pastor Dana Coberstone. Pastor Dana, D-A-N-A, D-A-N-A, Coberstone, C-O-B-E-R-S-T-O-N-E. This is a man that had the prophecies from, um, I think, goes back from May to um, this, this coming October. So it's pretty incredible. Um, like I said, the guy is so genuine so humble so proper in the way he's presenting everything what's his last yeah. name oh coverstone coverstone yeah so wow, i think came he just right go, up <laughs> yeah yeah oh it's all over the place you know it, it's he's getting he's getting a lot of exposure but i really believe that um he's sincere but he doesn't understand the coven virus and he doesn't understand uh some of the other things because you're looking through a different lens but he's doing the best he can with what he has and the way he's presenting it you can't you just got to see this as a godly man. This is a humble, godly man who's doing the best with what he has. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll have him on our show sometime. You know, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, um, it would be because he's yeah, got a lot awesome. of his stuff is on YouTube, it looks like. You know, he's got a lot of videos on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, okay. He's well, definitely a dude. <clears throat> and I'm hoping next week I'm going to get a hold of Rita to see. Um, we're going to have a person who is in the epicenter hospital in Detroit metropolitan area on the COVID virus. And she was thankful enough to take photographs and everything. She's got a book already written. She's just waiting for her publisher to have it come out. And it's exposing the COVID virus as a farce. Uh-huh. And she and she can prove it. And she was like I said, she was in, in a epicenter area of Metro Detroit. She was a senior member because she's a combat veteran from Afghanistan. Um, so she knows her stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. she's one that uh, is I've known her for about six years. And she's a woman that is determined that she's going to put out the truth no matter what and she's even she's even concerned that this could be you know a life and death situation but she's willing to face that to serve her lord to be upright and and honest in what she's going to have so it'll be pretty interesting i'm i'll get a hold of her and see how much she wants to divulge now and whether she feels comfortable with it i think she will she she's already done one radio interview and it really went very well she's uh handled herself pretty darn good for being she's a she's already got two books out i've got them both in my uh, museum and uh so she's a pretty good writer uh and familiar with this stuff but she's one that it ought to be an interesting show um yeah i'll say i'll I'll get back as soon as possible as soon as i i'm going to get a hold of her tomorrow and see if uh she's up to it she's coming to my fourth of july rooftop party so so are a lot of other people and i'm i'm hoping that this is going to be a merger of a lot of people that don't know about each other and need to we need to start forming a core and actually doing stuff together um which i think i'm going to be able to 
help initiate. But uh, um, what about uh, what I'm interested in, Eric, is um, you keep up on the Q thing. Is is there anything new pertinent to Q that, that we can expect or any hints to what is going on? Well, I did see um, a posting for the uh, penal code for treason that had um, uh, Obama on it and Biden. Nice. So <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was interesting. Um it talks a lot about just the whole um, media apparatus of the perception that they are, you know, controlling the narrative. And it, it's very, very interesting. You see people that are totally fixated on the mainstream media, mm-hmm. their source source of news, and they're, right. they're in total, pa- total panic. Uh, they're the ones wearing the masks. Um, but I know there's a lot of people that um, just won't watch the news anymore. You know, right? Just right. refuse, or they're getting their news now from alternative sources. But you know, Q is to echo that uh, they are the mechanism to to bypass um, the mainstream media and go directly to you and I in order to allow you to know what's truly kind of going on. So, right? But, you know, right? Another thing, I, I don't know if you guys have ever subscribed to it yet or not. Um, the Epoch News. They call it Epic News, but it's E-P-O-C-H, Epoch News. Unlike a lot of your right-wing conservative, because I get a lot of different news news sources, left and right. I study both. I look at both um, prayerfully. And the right is doing the same thing the left is. They're trying to create fear, anxiety, hatred, hostility, uh, anger towards one another. Two wrongs don't make a right. Every mom has told all of us that, you know. And and I think this is where the Epoch News, it's – it's Christian, but it's not preachy. It um, addresses politics, but it's not political. It just gives you the unvarnished news as it's happening, and it allows you to make up the decision of, of how, how to politicize it or how to religiousize it or whatever you want to do. They're so objective in what they're presenting. They're just presenting what you are not going to hear on mainstream news, and they let you decide and make the decisions on, on whatever conclusions. I love it. I think it's it's on my limited income, it's quite costly. It's sixteen ninety nine a month. But right. I'm telling you, I get a hard copy and I get um, email announcements too. But the hard copy, I like to have a newspaper that I can look to when I'm on the porcelain throne. I got something to do, and so I read my little newspaper, and it's it's awesome. Um, I would highly suggest that it's well worth the money if you want to get something with all the drama out of it and just plain pure raw news. Um, it's a great newspaper. It really is. Yeah. Well, uh, Jim, I don't know if we mentioned this on the air. Um, we were talking about it before, I think. But, um, yeah, I think we did mention it because it was the reason why we're going to get rid of Dish Network. But um, Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it, I mean, even when they have wholesome things on now um, and you avoid, you know, this is on regular television or regular di- satellite or cable or whatever, but even when you go to these things to avoid all the garbage that's out there, they're putting all these stupid commercials on there that basically ruin oh, it yeah. for you because you can't get away from it. They will not let you get away from the sin that they're bringing into this world or they're allowing, I should say. And and they're, they're pushing us to the brink where we're going to have to do something about it. And uh, I really feel, you know, I feel sad for people that um, that watch uh, 
the networks, especially network news, and, and they believe the, the lies that come out. Now, you know, my mother's one of them. You know, she, she knows that ABC, CBS, NBC, all the alphabet channels, you know, that, you know, you can't really trust what's coming off of them. But then she watches Fox News. Well, I don't know if you've been noticing, but Fox News is getting just as wicked as all the other ones. They have right. more so, they have more liberals on Fox News than they have conservatives. Yeah. Oh, so it's Chris. actually it Fox it's it's Fox News as well, and actually it's even Drudge. Yeah. As well. Yeah, I could. And you're watching. starting to see that fully manifested across the entire spectrum. So. Yeah. Oh, that's not. Yeah, everything. I mean, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace is a snake, man. He is a serpent. Right. Uh, this guy just, you know, he's uh, and he's the what the uh, poster child for Fox News. But yeah. he is so anti-Trump. He is attacking Trump. He's attacking everything that is uh, that we would hold dear. Right. Um, very, right. You know, kind of makes you wonder, you know, when you look at June 6, you know, that they're, they're clouds without water, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Right. Uh, hey, hey, uh, Snakehead, are you one of them? Uh, you're not even human. You're one of the. Uh, one of the uh, wheat tear goats, uh, a hybrid, a goborum, a, a nephilim. Yeah. Um, they're here. They're in, a, they're in our midst. Now they're going to start being revealed for who they are. There's probably a lot. I wonder about Nancy Pelosi. I wonder oh. about, you know, a few others. Uh, Nancy, are you really from this planet or are you from somewhere else? I did. You know, a, I did a gematria on her. I have to send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. She, she's not from this earth. <laughs> or at least, at least she's... Yeah, um, She's a hybrid or something. Me. It wouldn't surprise me. Not a, not in the least. It wouldn't surprise me. There there are and at least there well, are at least two terms in her name that suggest well, um, amphibian or or reptilian. Well, um, if, if, if she's a hybrid, then she must be malfunctioning. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Yeah, guys. they got her at the reject store. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, she um, yeah her. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know know what to talk. You know, I think she's suffering. She ate cannibalism. She's eating too much, you know, um, human flesh. That's I I think that's part that's part of it. Yeah, I I really do. Yeah, the Kuru. Yeah, Hmm? Uh, she's yeah she's right in there with in the uh, Hillary Clinton Kuru Club. But um, yeah, she call it we call it the Kuru shakes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that? Does it taste like chocolate? I don't. <laughs> yeah, one guy said that when he watches her, he's like he's watching three commercials. One's for denture paste. One's for uh, uh, what's that stuff she injects? And the other one's for uh, an old old folks home. <laughs> well, Botox, so, I think, is what you're. Botox, for. yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. toxin, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, it's just amazing how long some of these people have been in power. It's just it is. Forty, fifty, sixty years. Yeah. Some of them. Yep. I mean, it some, some of them to their early twenties. It's just amazing. And, and when went, you look at when you look at their message, their message is always "I can help you," but they never help. Um. They never do anything for their constituents unless it's something that they want to do for their constituents. And you wonder how they get reelected. And then when you look at the fact that they're either being sponsored by um, principalities, rulers, uh, spiritual wickedness in dark places and stuff like that, or they are principalities, rulers, and spiritual wickedness in dark places. Yeah. You know, either or, because 
nobody gets to rule like that for 50 or 60 years or 40 or 50 or whatever and and not even get questioned about and you know there there you know not all liberals are stupid okay there are a lot of them out there that that um don't agree with with some of their representatives are doing their senators representatives but for some reason they just can't bring themselves to to vote against them or to even ask them why they're doing what they're doing and to me that's a spiritual uh haze that they're in it's something that yep. has come over them that's put that's hypnotized them into not asking questions um, and unless it's a Republican that's doing it, and then you know, geez, they, you know, you can't get them to shut up. They ask questions all day long. Well, but, I I just noticed even like some people that are very liberal on Facebook that I know, um, some of them have gotten eerily quiet. Mm-hmm. They're not saying nothing. Yeah. At all. So I don't know if that's if they're really condoning what's going on or they accept it or maybe they have second thoughts they they may be but they don't know they don't they don't know how to respond i know like my i'm i'm relaying my cue stuff to my facebook and i can see who is actually viewing my views right i see who i know who the liberals are they're looking at them they're looking at what is this right what is it what is he stating what why Uh you know why why is he projecting something that's happening you know they they're they they know something's up yeah they do yeah they just don't quite understand what's going on they're right. steps behind right um, there was there was a um an episode in the original star trek the real star trek the only star trek as far as i'm concerned um that uh, they land on a planet and it's kind of like um Oh, the scenery's kind of like from the 60s or maybe the late 50s. And um, it's it's a normal thing, except there are some dissenters there. Um, and you'll see why in a minute. But um, every they, they arrive just before there's something called festival. And when festival happens, it's like a, you know, a no holds barred. Everybody get out and do whatever you want to do thing for a whole hour. And then all of a sudden, they just go back to walking around like nothing ever happened. Well, you know, the guys, you know, Kirk and, and Spock and stuff realize that, you know, there's a robot behind this or a computer, excuse me, named Landrew. And they find Landrew and uh, finally they destroy Landrew. And... Um, I remember that there's like two or three, and they look like monks, almost like Catholic monks. Uh, They were carrying these sticks where they could neutralize people and stuff. And they come running in, Landrew, guide us, guide us. We don't know what to do, Landrew. And I see in many ways that's kind of like that would be the world that liberalism is if there were no conservatism. Right, a nanny state, a total nanny state. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the minute that Landrew wasn't around, they, they totally did not know what to do. And and the same thing, like when, um, uh, what was it? There was one day when um, uh, Antifa was out there, and I guess they hadn't been paid. And they were out there chanting, George Soros, when are you going to pay us? George Soros, <laughs> when are you going to pay us? And are I'm you like, kidding? no, I'm Seriously? serious, serious. Oh, I yeah. saw it. I, I watched I, it. I yeah. didn't know that. My, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And, Did and, you? Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. finish up. No, I was finished. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if you guys happened to see uh, there was a, a family, St. Louis, 
Um, obviously, it was a pretty nice house, gated community. But it, uh, I don't know if it was Antifa or it was Black Lives Matters. Um, but the rioters broke through the gate that they had, and uh, there was at least a hundred of them. And they approached upon the house, and they were basically saying that they were going to burn the house down. Oh they were going to they were going to kill the family. Yeah. And the 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 mom and dad were having dinner with their with their kids. They both come out. He had an AR-15 and she had a <laughs> handgun pointed right. at them. Uh-huh. And it's all filmed. It's all filmed. Okay. Um, so you can see it for what it is. And then all of a sudden they're like, they 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 um. You know, tried to get the the rioters to basically, uh, nope, we got to keep going because they they were literally gonna. They said we're gonna murder you and your children and burn this house down. Right, right. Jeez, it's just insane. Yeah, yeah. it's Western justice. Is it's well, injustice. It's Western injustice, and it's um, it's mob mentality and it's vigilantism uh, from the other oh, side, insane. basically. You know, you know, it's again. I'll, I'll I'll contrast to you know where I'm at versus um, you know, a lot of these areas. It's mm-hmm. it's not like that here, right? Yet we just yet, <laughs> and yeah. I'll say yet. Yeah, because uh, right. I'm sure the second wave, um, you know, it could very much manifest, um, here as well, but I I simply have not seen it to the degree. Um, that I've seen in the, in the the major urbanized cities. So, right, right. Just an I observation think, I've seen. I think it's going to get crazy, but in November when Trump wins, it that to me that's when it's going to get really nuts. Well, I mean, basically, you know, Bolsheviks, right? You know, right. okay, yeah. we obviously yeah. couldn't convince the masses to go our way, so let's just um, let's just start killing people. Scorched earth policy, Did, right? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think we, we we definitely will have some type of civil war type thing going on. And I don't know if it's, yeah. it'll be just completely widespread across the entire country or if it'll be, you know, highly, highly concentrated in a lot of the urbanized cities. I think I feel like that that's how it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. So it'll be mostly in the urbanized cities. But the thing is that, well, you know, I, Eric, I told you that there was a, a, a guy that wanted to continue on um, and revisit what we did, you know, out in the Sonoma Desert in Arizona. Yes. Yep. And and uh, and he was saying he wanted to do it stealthily. And I laughed and I said, well, how are you going to do that? You're going to go out there without a cell phone because they got a GP location on that. Yep. And the thing is that that with everything, I mean, they have got the technology down now where they can locate anyone anywhere, anytime. So there's no such idea as stealth. But how far their arm is going to reach out, I don't think it's going to be to everywhere and everything. Right. I think, like in Michigan, we have about eight cities that represent um, almost an equal amount of population for the entire upper and lower peninsula of Michigan. But most of it is country. Most of it is conservative. Most of it is Christian. But you don't yep. ever hear about that part, and that's why we have the um, um, the whole. Now my mind goes blank. Oh, um, 
watching. You're talking about the Electoral College? Thank you, Eric. All right. Thank you. Well, that young mind. Glad, glad I could save you yet again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's why God's got you around here, man, to bail. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, the thing is that we have this Electoral College to balance everything out because the the most of the actual territory in Michigan is rural. But you, everybody thinks of Flint, Detroit, you know, cities like that. And uh, but. <laughs> With that, it's mostly rural. It's mostly farmland. I mean, people don't think of Michigan as being farmland. They think of Detroit and smokestacks and big cities and all that stuff. But, but it, the majority of the population are rural people that live off the land, um, that farm. Matter of fact, we were um, looking to regain our 40 acres that my family had once owned up in um, in the Northwest Traverse City area, and. Uh, Right away, some of the people come to me and says, well, if you're going to buy anything, don't buy anything anywhere near Gerber baby food. And I said, what? Gerber baby food? Yeah, they use that Monsanto stuff, and it contaminates everybody's crops, and it's just, you know, we can't grow anything organic if you're living next door to them because the wind carries over their pollinated stuff, and it contaminates us. Matter of fact, they try to sue us for, you know, taking over their copyright and everything. It's just outrageously ridiculous, just crazy how that works but uh, we have a lot of property and a lot of land the thing is that what people don't realize is that most of the people that are stuck working in the city living in a city um, they have readout areas they have a safe bug out place up north somewhere some you know within a you know 50 miles from maybe detroit all the way up to the upper peninsula some have done their research found out that eventually someday according to um uh, the prophetic mentions of uh, D- Didymus. Uh, yeah. Didymus, yeah, D- uh, Dimitri Didymus, that um, there's only going to be a, a great lake state, so there's only going to be like one peninsula, and it goes right through the center. So a lot of people, a lot of people have done the research, got all kinds of property, and isn't it funny that the National Guard happens to be on that highest level, a point on the lower peninsula of that course. we're surviving. So um, it's just. Man, we're living in a matrix. That's why we get this program opposing the matrix. You know, yeah. we're living in a doggone matrix. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with stuff that sounds so sci-fi, it just sounds amazingly ridiculous. I think the craziest thing, though, is that we have a space force, an, a United States space force. It's legitimate. I've got two. I, I bought two uh, T-shirts from the Space Force. The white one, and they got dirty real quick. And I got a black one. The black one, man, you look at it, and it just freaks you out. It's the main symbol is the Star Trek symbol. Right. I know. I know. I noticed that right off out of the gate. Yeah, man. Uh, wow. I saw that, and I went about flipped a gasket. <laughs> well, in my museum, I've got the whole evolution of of how. Star Trek is actually literally who the cosmic Christ is going to be. We've had 60 years of conditioning to prepare ourselves, and everything in Star Trek is are going to be our reality. My God, when I when I first found out, I was so grieved. I mean, I was I sat there and bawled for a couple of uh, hours just realizing that for Trekkies, this is going to be the almost like the second coming of Christ. It's going to be a time. Everything they've been prepared for. Everything that they've ever hoped or dreamed is going to be a reality. And I just, I'm crying for them. My God, this is the end time delusion. This is the deception. 
man, when you see that, you know, who, um, um, what's his name, Gene Roddenberry, how he got his information, the whole evolution of it. My God, this has been 50, 60 years of preparation for the coming cosmic Christ. I never knew he was going to be representing the Federation of Planets, um, but it's our reality. This is what's going to be real. I, I've always said, you know, there was going to be a coming cosmic Christ. My God, I didn't know it was going to be Star Trek. And all you know, those Star Wars people have wasted all these years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and the thing here's here here's how the the um, the intents and purposes on one way can swing over to be the complete opposite. Right now, and I wish we would have had Rodney here, you know, to uh, Matt, Rodney um, Madison. Madison. Yeah, I think Rodney Manson. Yeah, um, he could have uh, filled in much more material. And uh, there is a secret place, space program. There is a colony on Mars. There's a colony, oh, my gosh, on a lot of places. You know, dark side, I'm going to hold the whole stuff. But uh, and so Trump knows this and he's gathering everybody together to be held accountable for this tribunal whenever it does happen. Now it looks like, oh, shoot, it's going to be, you know, 14 months, not four months. Doggone it. Yeah, but, it'll uh, be it'll be in a second term. I mean, it just. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it would it has to be. It, it would be, yeah. yeah. And so the thing is, when when that happens, here is New Jerusalem at the end of the tribulation period, the beginning of the millennial. New Jerusalem comes down upon Earth, and it's a giant cube. Uh oh. But what have we been conditioned for through Star Trek? We are the board. Resistance is futile. Right. So. When the space force is going to initially be used to defend and held accountable, those that are that have that need to be held accountable for uh, war crimes against mankind, against the United States, treason, whatever. Um, now, as the New Jerusalem is descending, everybody has been conditioned that this is the Borg cube, and it's coming down. So they're going to fight. The New Jerusalem coming down, thinking it's the Borg. And guess what? By definition, it's a collective consciousness that all believes in the same belief system, that all follows the same single entity as a collective consciousness. You know what? That does clearly define what being a born-again Christian is. We are following the mind of Christ. We are being delivered and set free by the mind of Christ. We become a collective consciousness to the mind of Christ. I'm not going to argue that. It's true. Mm -hmm. But it's a good thing, not a bad thing. It's not the board. It's Jesus. Right. Coming back to reclaim his planet. Before it ends up being just a lake of fire, which <laughs> that's the good news and bad news saying, you know what? You invested all your time and effort to your own um, people, to your own domain. And look what you did to this planet. You turned it into a lake of fire. So there's your room. There's your realm. Spend eternity there, doing a backflow to the pork rind in a pan of grease. Bye. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> so, man, I don't know. It's you know, it's like the weirdest sci-fi movie. You can't make this stuff up, man. It's just it's there. We're dealing, yeah, we're dealing with non-humans that are in our midst, looking like us, talking like us, but they're not us. Right. So when you come up with this Jamatra stuff and <laughs> reptile, it's like good lord. There's probably more truth to that than what we could even recognize or realize. I am glad. I am so happy that most of our audience 
they don't like us just for the weird stuff. But our audience is the kind of people that probably drove their parents crazy. Why, why, why? Until they got a logical answer. Man, that's all God ever wanted from us. Why, why, why? Until we got a logical answer from him. Right. And everything that he does tell us has a logic behind it. But more important, it has his love behind it. Yeah. Does it, yeah. Isn't there a scripture that talks about um, somebody that keeps nagging the master and then the master finally says, basically in, in um, a paraphrase would be, okay, in order to shut this person up, I'm going to answer their question. <laughs> you know, pretty much. Yeah. And there's, there's think, a scripture that yeah. talks about that. And I just can't remember where it is. But, um, and that's us, you know, that is, yeah, it's okay. Lord, I think answer the question, Lord, answer it. You know, it's like, and you know, I, sometimes, you know, it could be to my detriment or it could be to my credit is that a lot of times I have to see things in order to believe it. And I know that's kind of like an anti-faith kind of thing, but at the same time, it's a check and balance kind of thing that keeps me from falling for every, every whim and fancy that's out there. Exactly. Yeah, there's a difference. And that's intent to heart. That's what right. God, that, that's what Jesus is always about anyway. You can be dead wrong, but if your heart was truly seeking him with your whole heart, you're going to find the answer. It's going to, you, you'll get through the junk. And and that's all he wants. He wants our heart. He wants us to be, un, uh, I mean, unyielding to the truth, no matter what it might cost us, whether it be our doctrine or you know, our life being disrupted, turned upside down, inside out. If we are that kind of person, that's why it's important in these days to know that if you are like that, most of our audience is. It's because Sorry. you have a mark, you have a mark, and you have a seal upon you, and you need to know that you're part of the 144,000. Right. And you need to know that you have a mark, which is a supernatural empowerment, and the seal is a supernatural protection for the powers that be surrounding you, which is the paranormal, which is yeah. the enemy. Whenever, you know, in, in sometimes in the simplest ways, whenever you are faced with the thoughts coming into your head, what if this, what if that, you know, that's got to be the enemy. What ifs are nothing that Jesus has ever talked about. You never heard him say anything about what if he says, what is thus saith the Lord. When Satan was tempting him, what did he say? He quoted back scripture and said, thus saith the Lord. God doesn't deal with what ifs. Only Satan deals with what ifs. So when you hear what ifs, you know where it's coming from. God talks in absolutes. And he speaks to those things that haven't happened as if it's already happened in the past. Why? Because it's already happened where he's at. It's Everything's done. He knows the beginning from the end. So when he speaks to you and says, I'm, you know, I've called you to be this, that, and that, he's telling you that because he already sees you as that. So... <laughs> Let's rest in that and realize that everything that you've ever experienced, good and bad, who you are today and the reason why you are um, continually asking, like you, Dave, that, that ask not out of uh, irreverence, like a, yeah. irreverence, yeah, but out of a desire to not get deceived, that you want to know the truth. Man, you're going to get it. Seek me with your whole heart and you shall find me. That's a promise that God has. Yeah, that's, that's a that's the most shocking thing to me is it, it seems like even a lot of Christians, they don't want to know. Yeah. You know, Eric, I'm like, hit, I'm like, well, there's, well, there's a responsibility right. that comes with knowing what, you well, know. there's accountability that comes with it yeah. that I understand. Cause then there's responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. It's just like, they just don't want it. And they just want to go back to sleep. Right. Or 
people that will talk about it will get, um, you know, you'll get you get ignored you, or ostracized out of existence. That's yeah, the best way I can, say, I, I can put it. Ostracize. Um, yeah. They got a new term for ghosting. Ghosting. Yep. Oh my gosh! I'll tell you, don't you what. Exist. Um, I have been ghosted by so many people. Now the thing is, and here's the thing. At one time, it was a setup just to see if I, you know, what the latest, greatest was going on in Jim Wilms' world. Well, I wasn't going to tell you because it's like this. I can forgive you. That's not an option. I have to forgive you for for abusing the friendship that I had with you because you ghosted me, because you weren't woman or man enough to come and talk to me. You just, I'll just ignore you and you'll go away. Right. So someone like me, I'm sitting here. Oh my God, what did I do wrong, Lord? What could I, what have I, what could have I said better? What could I have done different? You know, and I'm tearing myself apart because you ghosted me. That is the cruelest thing that one person can do to another person. We think it's well, it's the gentle, kind way of just avoiding the whole thing. You know, it's just like, oh, this is too weird, and I, I really can't uh, oppose you because I can't defend myself, but uh, I don't want anything to do with you. That's all you got to say. Okay, fine. You know, I'm sorry. That's it. At least I have closure. But you're going to do that to another person. Here's the two things. Anybody that's ever ghosted me, I have to forgive you. I'm not going to let your problems be my problem. But I don't have to be your friend. Right. I don't have to be your friend. Don't even think for a minute unless God tells me to trust you. I'll never trust you again unless you can prove it to me. You betray the trust, and you have to prove it to me. If you're not willing to prove it to me, go away. Right. I don't have anything more to say to you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, and that's it. That that seems to be almost a protocol for the younger generation. That's just the way they end things. Yeah. Um, you know right. what? Not in my world. Not in my world. That's very inconsiderate. That's very wicked. It's very evil. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Definitely. So, and I can't believe how many churches I've been ghosted out of, man. It's just, it gets old. <laughs> you just, you just keep hoping, well, oh no, not another one. You know, I had, I had some locals here. Um, and this is a sad thing. It's like so many times people with money and influence, they seem to think that that buys them a wedge into influence into your own ministry. God supports my ministry. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much you're going to throw at me. That's not going to make any difference at all. Um, if you're going to try to control me through that, I'm not getting controlled by anything but the Holy Spirit. So don't think that you're going to buy special privileges into my ministry. You're not going to buy anything. And I even gave one person a second chance to test him. Um, hey, how's it going? Or what's going on in your life? I'm thinking, okay, if he really wants to know, I'm going to tell him. But if he doesn't, I'll never hear from him again. You know what? I really told him he didn't want to be an active part of anything. He wanted to see, you know, if he could still manipulate and control because of his power, influence, and money. I don't want your money. Right, You're not going right. to buy me. I'm right. sorry. Bye right. bye. Go away. Well, you know, I I constantly get offers from Spreaker and and everything else. Monetize your your radio show. Monetize it. Uh, we'll play yeah. commercials, and I'm like. No, that's not going to nope. happen because yeah, you're going to get a condom commercial or something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Or or the one that I saw on TV. Or the one you yeah. saw on TV that I saw too. I got wow, um, and uh, I saw the same commercial. And I'm going, uh, you know, I got a mute button. As soon yeah. as I like, okay, that's it. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. They ought to put I an got... abomination button on a stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I got. 
I got something I want to run past you guys. Yeah. So, you know, and normally in a church you have a you have a pastor, right? And then you have a uh, a board of elders and a you know a board deacons. of a deacons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what happens when you have a board of deacons, a board of elders, and then you have a pa- a pastor on top, but then you have next to the pastor an admin board <laughs> of three or four people that have lots of money. Oh, um, I know what like that it. is. He who has the gold makes the rules. Bingo. Yeah, golden rule. Mm-hmm. So the elders, ha- the elders and deacons have no authority or any, or any say in anything. Right. Everything goes through between the pastor and the ad- admin board. Yeah. So have you ever seen that before or heard of that? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's been yeah. around for years. It has. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it has. Well, I just, I just, uh, explain the structure of my own church so oh my goodness well you know the church the church that pastor uh, tim tyler has allowed me to preach and teach there the board of elders are the people that are gifted in um i would say administrative uh, gifts yeah they're, they're great administrators and because they're good business people and administrators they know how to make money and they have money and they're the main tithers and they are the board now that board when they're looking for a pastor should be looking for a pastor in the minds that okay is this a man that we can follow and trust and instead they're looking for a pastor can this can man control. follow yeah can this man follow and trust us right Hey, wait a minute. You got a, a bass backwards, if I can yeah. say that. Right. And and it, and it is. And so this is the way that church is structured so that the board doesn't look for somebody that they can follow and, and relinquish their authority to him and let him lead as a pastor the, as the way he should. They direct him and tell him what he can and what he can't do. They're administrators. They're not part of the fivefold word ministry. The best they can do is have a carnal perspective of the spiritual matters. That is why that church has a revolving door. People go to such a point and then they leave because of the frustration of the, the very unbiblical ways that they control. Pastor Tim was all for me. He let me teach and preach and everything was really cool. But they told him, look, we don't want this man up here anymore. We don't all agree with what he's saying, and we don't want we don't want him saying anything more. Right. So reluctantly, he had to tell me, and, and we had a trial, and I was so darn naive. I didn't realize that that's what it was. It was a trial. And I'm just all happy and, you know, and, and, and just being very transparent and open. And then I realized afterwards, oh, they just banned me from everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's not like that's it why, hasn't been the first time. That's <laughs> why uh, the the whole 501c c3 uh, corporate business structured churches are going to be overturned. They're going yeah. down, man. They, they they are. They have to be. They have to be dealt with. You know, it's not biblical. It's not scriptural, and you can't. It was have a never supposed like to be that. designed this way. So, yeah. Oh, there'll be like, churches. Uh, there'll be churches. Don't don't get me wrong. It oh, just yeah, won't. It won't be done in the light that it once was. As long as, the five, <laughs> as long as the fivefold ministry exists, as it is in Scripture, then you can have five people come together in a home Bible study, and they're going to be more powerful and get more done than a huge megachurch that's somewhat clueless 
to what's really going on here because well, of being controlled by politically correctness and everything. What and Mark Taylor preaches, you know. That's it, and and that's um, that is right on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, guys? We're yep, way past pumpkin time. But it we is pumpkin time. time. I've been trying to send you guys messages about that. I know. I saw, yeah. But I I've been know. I've been ignoring them. But we're on a roll, man. <laughs> we're on a roll. We just got to roll with it, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. I got gotcha. you. All right. Oh, oh, but wait a minute. I just realized. But you got to work in the morning, so we got to go. Yeah, Eric's got to work in the morning. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You you don't have to now. Yeah. yeah. And me? Hey, what can I say? Every day is Saturday, and I have no Mondays. Right? <laughs> good for you. It's good. It's good to be retired. <laughs> <laughs> and being single, um, I'm just accountable to my cat, and as long as I feed her, she lets me stay here. There you go. There you go. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> oh well, gentlemen, it's been a lot of fun. It's been revealing, and um, well, it's been a great time together, like it always is. And um, just want to thank you. Glad you can make it, Eric. Glad you came in as early as you did. I was expecting you a lot later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I figured I'd get there. So I've, I, uh, I have four children, so I have activities and. Oh, definitely. And it's ba- it's baseball season, so I got a, yeah. a, a month of this to go. So. No, that's okay. Um, baseball season's cool. That's yeah. Prior, yeah. That's Honestly, yeah. Well, I'm just trying to make as much opportunity as I can with my kids, because you know, absolutely, things are things are not going to remain as they once were. Right. Um, that's very very obvious to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. So to the audience, well, I say, cherish the moments you got, you know, with your family, and as things are, because things are going to change. You got be American while you can't be an American. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> while you're allowed to be, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Oh, well. All right. Um, All right. God bless you, buddy. God um, bless do you guys. Want, any, somebody want to end in prayer? Um, I did last I week. Prayer. Eric, why don't you end us in prayer this time? Sure. I'd be happy to. Okay. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come to you um, on this time of fellowship. Um I just want to pray for my my brother Jim and Dave and anybody in the audience listening tonight. Um, you know, we're going through uh, probably some of the most traumatic times in our country in recent history, and people are scared. Lord, I just pray that you will pour out your spirit upon this nation and uh, guide us and uh, be with each and one of us um, as we go through the trying times that are now going to come upon us yes, uh, Lord. and father i just pray that um that you will pour out your spirit upon everyone father and um and give everybody the answers that they need to know when they need to know them and to um and just uh seek you father and believe that you know in the end you know you will win and we win because you win Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Till we meet again, folks. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, gentlemen.